Our cell is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and the private sector. Why not register and join us at the Macromedics User Meeting on the 8th of November at the Novotel Hotel in London Paddington? This will be an incredibly insightful day to listen to talks on the Macromedics mobilisation range from our various ranges of thermoplastics all the way to our all-in-one solutions and SBRT products. Please do get in touch for more information. And finally, as always, do not hesitate to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable account specialists as and when required. We are all from a radiotherapy background and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. If you would like to browse our products, please go to our website at www.osl.uk.com or if you would like to speak to us, please call 01743 462 694. Hello everyone and welcome to Rad Chat, the first therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. Welcome to podcast number 63. My name is Namanjoka Anderson and I'm joined by fellow host Joe McNamara. Hi everyone. So a big thank you to our last guest, Ashwin Apadia, who discussed working as a South Asian person from the LGBTQ plus community in the NHS. If you haven't had a chance yet, please do go and take a listen. So we're very pleased to introduce our guest for this evening, Nick Bennett, um, who will be discussing their company Fika and the mental fitness app they created. Um, hi Nick, how are you? Hey Naman and Joe, thank you uh, very much for inviting me on today. It feels like a, a great privilege, knowing, knowing all the esteemed guests in the health sector that you've had on and uh, just some, some bloke um, who runs a health tech startup. So uh, no, great, great to be here and looking forward to the conversation. No, thank you. It's very great to have you on. Um, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself, introduce what you do? For sure, yeah. So, so, so yes, my, my name's Nick Bennett. I'm a co-founder and co-CEO at Fika. Fika is a resilience micro-training platform. So we've, we've built a, um, a software platform that provides bite-sized uh, guided training sessions that critically are, are built and embedded into existing meeting existing meetings and career pathways so the 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 real i think premise and um, purpose of fika is to get ahead of the problem of mental health decline and and we do that by creating these um, these micro training sessions that get embedded into work so actually it becomes part of work for everybody um, and and in doing that, we 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 ensure that we reach everybody. So it's really important that these the, the skills development training that we deliver reaches people when they're at work, in work, in in their teams meetings. Uh, and in doing that, we have um, proven um, in RCT studies that not only can we prevent the decline of mental health through the the FICA, uh, training exercise, but we can increase uh, employee performance. And so fundamentally, um, we are we're about trying to change the, the, the culture, if you like, um, in, in the NHS and in the, the workplaces that we um, deliver our software into, where we're, we're really thinking about a preventative training system that helps to build good culture, skills development, and, and doing so preventing the problems that mental health decline brings, particularly in the NHS. So on the face of it, sounds absolutely amazing already. What what led you to get involved in developing this business and the app? 
So um, just one one thing is it's it's much more than just an app. So it's a it's a software platform, um, and there's there's lots of integrations that we have. So it's available through you know web tech and and app. I only say that because there's a lot of apps out there, and we we in our early journeys in our um, you know in our in our startup journeys we we've come across a lot of not another app, and and it's it's a you know it points to points to a problem that perhaps we can we can cover later and that you know predominantly there has been an um, a, an excessive amount of well-being and mental health initiatives that just haven't worked they haven't reached people and that's created a lot of um, fatigue in the area of mental health support and well-being support for for staff in the NHS we'll, we'll come back to that so, so to back to backtrack why 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 did why you know why did I found fika in the first place with my with my co-founder Gareth Fryer um, it was it was a tra- personal tragedy. So I, I lost my best friend Ben to suicide, and that was back in twenty fourteen. And it really was a point in my life where I stopped and reflected on myself as as a friend for Ben, and and Ben as a friend for me, and tried to work out what had gone wrong. And you know, initially there was a lot of blame and and anger and confusion you know what what have I what did I miss what did I do wrong what did Ben do wrong and, and that that became a um, a passion for me to try and understand you know what what had gone wrong and and I turned from blaming myself into looking at our culture and the culture of our workplaces and our education systems and that really became the journey that, that Gareth and myself went on with Fika to try and really just look at this key problem. In, in our culture, we, we treat mental health decline when it's too late. And I just pause there because we use the word treatment with mental health. We don't really use the word treatment with physical health. We use the word treatment with physical illness, but not physical health. And yet we have a we have a um, culturally negative bias when it comes to mental health. You know, it's, it's something you can you can see very plainly um, if you look at something like Google search or Google image search, because if you like the the algorithms behind um, a search engine respond to what we want to find, and it's quite an interesting um, sort of experiment for, for for your listeners to try is go onto Google image search and put physical health in, and look at the results you get. You get lots of people, you know, together, smiling, you know, doing aerobics in the park, like sunshine. If you put the word mental health in and look at images, you see outlines of, 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 of skulls and words like anxiety and depression. And overall, you get a negative bias. And, but, but physical health and, and mental health are both neutral terms. They both signify, you know, neutral terms. And yet the the area of the area that we decided to focus on was the area of mental fitness and the idea that we we've we've developed very well in the physical health spectrum which is fitness is about empowering individuals with a certain amount of literacy and understanding and then a and a habit forming positive culture around that to help the individuals take some autonomy over their and manage their own health in the in the physical sense to prevent the, the risks associated with you know, the decline of, of physical health into physical illness. And yet you look at mental health and broadly, 
all we have looked at is the crisis, the bottom of the hill, and what can we do for the people that have already been damaged or have suffered um, um, a sort of declining uh, mental health and become mentally ill. Um, what we haven't done is go right uphill, which is what we decided to do, and think about how can we prevent that decline in the first place. And that's what's led to, um, you know, four and a half or so years later, we've built a, a software platform and it, it's really about changing culture. It's about understanding that we need to build skill development and, and if you like, continuous skill development into how we work. And, and it, it's a lot more than just prevention of mental health decline because it's about good behaviour. You know, and I think it's something, you know, certainly a, a topic that will be and, and is talked about a lot in the NHS is how, how managers behave with each other, how teams behave with each other and the, the huge pressure that you know, all the workers have within the NHS will lead to. And if you, know, you put any group of individuals in a high pressure situation, then it will lead to bad behaviour because they're all stressed, they're all busy. And, it, and if there isn't some preventative elements in place and training in place that can help to encourage good behaviour and, and if you like, not just the, not just the training, but the, the, the format and the permission and the structure that's in place. And that's something that we, we, we help to provide and have built with FICA is a way that makes sure that there is always that space, that little bit of time to pause and together as a team reflect and, um, and, and train together. And in doing that, you know, that continuous um, development helps to not just prevent the decline of mental health, but increase the, the chance of good behavior, good communication, building trust between each other and um, another great you know positive factors that help with um, good team culture I think trust is the biggest thing around any kind of illness whether it's mental or physical isn't it because most people would never disclose to their colleagues or their managers about their mental health and that could just be that they're feeling anxious about a certain specific task or you know everyone gets worried about doing a new task when they start a new job for example but something as big as let's say coming out of covid and people still struggling with the constant overworked not having enough and obviously everything else going on in the world now as well is quite hard so i think it kind of sounds like you're almost trying to break the cycle in a way which is what anyone who's had any decline in their mental health is what they want to see yeah it's it's you know there's i think there's we we, we have a we have a a culture that has been very much focused around what we see and and observing you know clear physical um, responses and, and results and what we what what I think COVID has um, and and the you know the the resulting lockdowns I think in a way it has accelerated our appreciation of um, some of the psychological risks associated with work which I think were less obvious before COVID and we're we we're also seeing each other less in person so there are there are less physical signals that we would perhaps notice and so for we're having to we're having to really appreciate that there is a there is a you know there is a psychological risks or there are psychological risks that we need to guard against and you and you're right the the you know breaking breaking that that those cycles and and the 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 stigma is the stigma around mental health is something that we as a business have we've struggled with 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 the using the word mental i mean we we have mental fitness science that our our platform is built on and it's been developed by the the psychologists and academics in our team and that mental fitness science 
is is based around you know sports psychology, behavioral psychology, and and it helps to develop techniques and efficacy in certain skills. So that we we have the seven skills of mental fitness, which are um, you know focus, um, stress management, um, confidence, connection, and 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 other skills that help to you know round you know help to develop a rounded you know psychological um, framework for an individual. And we've often you know we we find that training by training those and sometimes we call we refer to them as mental muscles training those mental muscles can help to essentially build capabilities that match the stresses of the you know the situations that we find ourselves in and that we we, we've we've had to in certain circumstances avoid using the words mental when we're talking about our our product because it, it pigeonholes us into a um, an area that is, can, you know, where there's a lot of fatigue, um, and there is a lot. There's still a lot of stigma. So we talk about um, our platform as a as a training platform, uh, which, if you think about it, a, f- a fitness platform is about training. It's about developing skills and the prevention of the thing you don't talk about. It's like going to the gym. You don't you don't you don't sell the gym by talking about avoiding, you know, coronary by- bypasses and you know and heart attacks. You sell it for the the positive sides and the gains. And that's something that we've been trying to do for, you know, a few years is try and help to educate the, you know, the, the, the verticals that we work in, you know, education, healthcare and, and the corporate market in this concept of continuous fitness development for your, for your mental health. So Nick, you've mentioned that obviously you've gone in now to the NHS and they've started to implement. How has that been? Because obviously the NHS is absolutely massive. Um, you know, how do you even get in and start implementing that platform? Slowly is the is the honest answer to that. Um, it's um, it's been um, it's been very difficult to um, to bring our platform to the NHS. Um, something that, that one of the one of the things that's helped us dramatically is. Um, we, we, we got a, we got accepted, um, on a NHS accelerator. So the digital health London, um, accelerator. And that's been a, that's been a, that's been a big help to us. I think for, for any businesses out there and startups in particular who are planning to work, you know, provide services to the NHS, it's a challenge, you know, it's not for the faint hearted, um, there's a there is a there is it's very it's very difficult to find the time and find the right people to talk to to be able to if you like get get your get your proposition in place and then there's a there's a lot of demand for evidence which which we have at, at Fika but it's you know getting getting that evidence is is challenging as well um, and and then you just have um, the, the the challenges of um, bureaucracy. Um, sick leave um that a lot a lot there are a lot of people um you know pressured because of um you know the, the retention problems that you have in the nhs which create uh it just takes it takes a long time to you know to find your advocates within the nhs i mean we we've we we've found ours so we we're, we're working with um, um newcastle nhs trust with the apprentices and we're working with the, the royal martin and through the the work with the accelerator, we've managed to have a lot more introductions to relevant stakeholders. Um, but it's a, it, you know it's a slow journey. I think like 
like like everyone who is working for the NHS and understands how long it takes for change to happen. I think in a similar way, we've we've um, we're bringing something into the NHS which is very innovative. It's quite new. The the the, the concept of mental fitness training as part of your job is quite a new thing. Um, and, and actually, we we had a in in the NHS accelerator that we're part of. We have networking days, and in the last networking day, I was chairing a, um, a panel on bringing innovation into the NHS. And it was a it was a it was a it was interesting and illuminating to just to see how not you know the the startups and um, tech companies who are trying to bring innovation and um, you know, senior stakeholders within the NHS all talk to how difficult it is to to bring about and transform change uh, or bring change to the NHS just because the system is so big and everyone is so stretched. I mean, looking at the um, you know the, the the retention stats are, are are pretty pretty terrifying. I think there was a there was a Guardian report in in September um, that talked to and ten percent of um, staff posts are empty in the NHS at the moment. That's a huge, that's a huge gap, and if with staff, um, you know, being burnt out, um, and you look at the NHS staff survey and the increase of, you know, questions, you know, um, pointing to burnout show that not just uh, do we have ten percent of the posts empty um, in the NHS, but we have um, a lot of people um, off sick through stress and anxiety related, um, you know, um, absence. I think um, looking at the stats for the for the, and the panel, and I think it's uh, in 2021 there were 2.82 million days off work for mental health related reasons, which you know is it, not only is that a cost of you know over 430 million to the NHS, it's it's a it, the 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 cost is carried by the other team members who are you know stretched, and and ultimately all all of this has a knock on effect to the elective um, you know backlog. And and ultimately the, you know, the service users that this that the NHS is you know ultimately there for the the national, you know, prevention of illness or treatment of illness I should say, um, and yet caring for staff and looking after staff proactively, is is a lot lower on a lot of agendas because of this you know the the, the need to focus on patient care. What we're trying to do is to encourage a you know a, a culture of prevention and uh, and it you know it's new it's difficult but we're you know we're making we're making good progress and uh, you know we're, we're committed to to our cause and and you know mainstreaming mental fitness is something we care about deeply and we're we're going to keep working with the nhs to try and uh, to try and help i suppose a lot of it at the moment as well is again going back to trying to break the cycle but maybe in the nhs it has been a certain way i think most people have watched um this is going to hurt so Adam Kay, which showcases, and that was 20 years ago, how dire some of the hospital conditions were. And that's 20 years ago. But obviously now people are exhausted. That's fine. But maybe we can't really showcase the benefits of looking after people with their mental health or giving them more mental fitness, for example. So new staff rooms, which actually have, I don't know, cutlery in, for example, for the NHS. Like, I know that sounds simple, but trying to eat soup with a knife it doesn't work and that's what happens and you don't have to bring it in but all of these benefits so i think the parallel i'm trying to draw is so my other half she has started working for a pharmaceutical com company they get breakfast provided um 
yeah like lunch they have a basketball court on the roof that kind of investment where you're encouraged to take a break so that when you go back you're a lot more productive I think that's something in the NHS hasn't really happened because again when people started work from home uh, during COVID times if they were shielding they were still encouraged to work as much as possible and then you wouldn't take a break I think whenever I work from home I forget to have lunch because I feel like I've got to do more because I'm not in work so yeah I don't know maybe I don't know how this platform would help showcase some of the benefits of having a break or being more productive yeah I think I think it's a it's a it's an interesting point that we're we're not great at taking breaks in general I mean um certainly um I think uh, culturally there's a there's quite a there's always been quite a focus on making sure we all hit our targets and you know hit our goals and I know that there's a there's a lot of talk about you know working at the top of your license in the NHS and I think with the with the you know the the reduction or the the attrition of staff and the and the the stress of enough people being off there's clearly there's clearly more work than one than can ever get done in a in a day's work for anyone in the NHS but conversely without taking short breaks there's a real day you know we we increase the 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 problems of that are you know created by by that burnout and what we when when we one of the first pilots we did um in the NHS we did we did quite a lot of um, exit surveys with the, the staff members who we, we did the pilots with, and they absolutely loved the the you know the the platform and the, what they they really liked the techniques that they were taught in them and that they learnt and they were practicing those and using them in their routines, but they they said that they what was really missing and what was needed was the permission to have to take five minutes out the permission to stop for a few minutes, and that that's really. You know that's really key to um, FICA. You know, as a uh, as the, our namesake tradition. So FICA is a Scandinavian um, tradition for pausing work and and taking a little bit of time out and gathering together, normally around a table physically, um, with coffee and sweet buns, to talk and listen to each other and to and and in that space of talking and listening. Um, there is there is a real sense of equality. So no one has, uh, you know, when it's when it's practiced in in Sweden in, in corporate environments, there isn't a hierarchy at that table. So the boss isn't doesn't isn't doesn't have the the seat as the boss. Everyone has an equal voice at the table. And what happens there is trust is built, and this is something we've built into a digital format. So in our in our team training format, the five or ten minute icebreakers they get added to the beginning of a meeting replicate that type of format. Um, and everybody, everybody has a voice, you know, in our in our training and in the original FICA format. Um, and our, our, we have we have um, short guidance from our um, experts, so our psychologists and, and expert contributors, who set up the the exercise that you're about to do as a group. And then we have a we have a roundtable question format and a timer. So. If, the, if, if we were do, to bring that to life for, for your listeners, um, if the three of us were in a meeting, for instance, and we had an hour-long meeting ahead of us and it was like a busy week, instead of just getting straight into work and, and into the busyness of, of the day, we would pause for five minutes. We would share screen and choose one of the you know, FICA icebreakers. It might be you know, pressure release or it might be um, something about building active listening skills, etc., and we would we would listen to a minute a minute of setup from one of our expert psychologists, which would help us all to get in the mood for the exercise we're about to do, 
And then we just move on to this uh, question, which might be something like, um, how will you release pressure on yourself this week? And then we'd start the timer. I might go first and talk about, you know, turning my phone off before 9am, you know, because I'm guilty of, um, you know, having my phone on and trying to get my daughter ready for school and trying to do both and not doing either very well and getting stressed out with myself and then my daughter is like you know not being happy with not being you know having full attention and kicking off and then before I know I've had a really bad morning and so what I'm going to do is like turn my phone off until 9am and, and and I share that in the group and then then Joe you would then have a minute and then you talk about what you would you know planning to do to release pressure and then you when your minute's finished no man it'd be your turn and in just the three minutes of us talking and sharing what's happened is um, we've all had um, we've all had a, a chance to talk at the table for a minute so we we've created that that's that psychologically safe space if you like where everyone can contribute and everyone knows they're going to contribute and importantly we've we've spent some time actively listening to each other we've learned from each other um, there's a lot of peer coaching involved in the format that you, you, you just, when you actually pause from work for five minutes and you ask each other the answers to certain questions, you start to build trust, you start to learn from each other, you start to build those, those human bonds that are so important to teams. You know, the sort of bonds that help you get through difficult times, that make you feel comfortable sharing and talking to each other and contributing. And ultimately, you know, that's what, you know, a great team that works well together is one where there's a lot of psychological safety, Everyone feels respected and listened to and everyone feels that they can contribute and they don't fear, you know, contributing and, you know, for fear of reprisal. And so that that's, you know, that's how we, we th those little breaks at the beginning of a meeting, it really isn't long at all. It's, you know, five or ten minutes at the beginning of an hour long meeting. And yet the benefits of that are are extreme. And we've we've measured, you know, the benefits in in in, tr in our trials and in just four weeks we can reduce the um, reduce reduce intention to leave. We can reduce the um, risk of burnout and and start to build um, trust and communication into into teamwork. So well worth taking a break and before you start work. I can definitely see as well how developing practitioners' skills at looking after themselves will then impact positively on patients and service users. Because again, I sometimes think that because we ourselves are stressed or feeling the pressure of, okay, there's another patient who's out there um, waiting, that actually we don't dedicate exactly what you've suggested, that time and space to actively listen to patients. And that then in itself is a vicious circle. Um, so I can definitely see how FICA and the platform would essentially help support not only the workforce from a retention and even maybe from a kind of morale perspective of enjoying your job again, but also make you a better practitioner. Is that something that also you've thought about? Yeah, I think it, it, it's, it's a really, it's a really, it, it takes us on into to an interesting, an interesting point around just around skills development and the, the you know, the hard skills and soft skills. And I think we, we're, we're all very familiar with the hard skills that have got us into you know, healthcare practice and the, the hard skills that are respected that when, you're, when you do well at your job, let's say, you suddenly become a manager. 
and if it's it's probably quite true to think that most people who are managers didn't set out to be a manager they were just good at their job and then they became a manager and 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 in that uh, there is suddenly a responsibility to look after people and help to develop people skills in a team and and that's that's actually something that we we don't necessarily teach people very well um and so i think the the, 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 there's, there's, a, there's a concept that we sort of quite like, which is the idea of this continuous skill development. And I think you're right, Joe, it talks to both um, taking time out to develop these skills. We know that, you know, in, you know again, we, we do a lot of exit surveys and a lot of, um, you know, interviews with people who have used the FICA platform and developed the skills. And, and they do talk about being able to transferring those skills and using them um, with, the, with the service users and, you know, taking the techniques they've learned. Because ultimately, we're, we're a training platform. We, we, we teach um, techniques and skills that can be applied directly into your job. So they do then that the benefit does pass on into not just the staff but into service users. But I think there's there's quite an interesting um, problem that's probably quite acute in the NHS where there's a lot of managers who perhaps um, are being tasked with a lot of um, people skills development and yet don't have the training in people skills development. Um, and uh, I think what we what we've what we've seen and, and um, heard in some of our early research is that being being sent off to a to a half day training session as a as a manager is either a jolly a waste of time or like haven't got time to implement it or didn't want to can't implement it when I get back and, it, and it's quite a you know there's there's a it's it presents you know, a busy manager with quite a challenge if they're not comfortable with people's skill development to then try and take that training and implement it with their teams. So our, our approach to that has, has been to say, well, look, if you if you use these um, FICA micro training sessions at the beginning of each of your regular meetings, you don't have to go away and learn how to train or, or run these sessions. You can literally work, you know, learn it together. So there's something quite nice about collaborative learning that, that we think is really important because it's it sort of takes the, the 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 pressure away from a manager having to have those skills when a lot of them a lot of managers don't, and it means that the, there's a that that sense of um, team building um, is done together. So it's, it's collaborative. Um, everyone's involved. And obviously that helps not just to um, support the, the, the manager's job or responsibility of creating that team trust, but it, it means that everyone's collaborating and taking part in it. So it helps to build, you know, team morale, team spirit and, and togetherness and, and that, you know, trust that we were talking about before. Trust is a really um, important thing to have in a team and you can't gain trust by reading about it and you can't gain trust you it's it's practice that, that brings brings trust about and regular practice of um you know good rituals well everyone knows that team training is also cost effective which is what the nhs always wants so that's something especially with sort of mental fitness is great because as you said you learn from each other everyone will have slightly different ways of understanding things how they approach different situations there'll be people with underlying learning differences as well there's all of these different things but it sounds like you know with a training platform where you do it together I really like the idea of an icebreaker at the start of a meeting I think it's really nice because too often I think you join the meeting and everyone just goes straight into it and it's no one talks to each other and someone is directing the meeting someone's doing minutes that's it 
and then there's questions at the end there's always a structure whereas this would be five minutes i don't know let's talk about someone's got a new puppy uh, anything i know that's probably not the icebreaker that you have on your training platform but you know well, it's funny. It's funny you mention that, man. But actually, the, we 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 have the, there's lots of icebreakers. We 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 have many icebreakers, and we we create new icebreakers um, each month and release them into the platform. But we we have we have one um, Fika format, which is um, which is a uh, based around the the Fika table. So it's very. It doesn't have an agenda. It doesn't have techniques that we we teach. It's quite literally two minutes each. And in that, you do find out about your colleague's new puppy that they've got, or you find out about, you know, a, a challenge that they've had with, uh, you know, getting an MOT finished, or you find out about somebody's, you know, fascination, you know, with, um, with, with, with running, or you just find out about each other, and and you get to you get that moment to pause and listen to each other, and remember that you're we're we're all humans with with lives outside of work, and and that's quite. You know, it's important, particularly when you when you look at hybrid hybrid work and remote work, with which there's a, a lot more of nowadays. Um, and I, I had a friend actually who said to me that um, they they said that they described their experience of work at the moment as feeling numb because they they work remote, you know, predominantly remotely. Um, they look at they open their their laptop in the morning and they look at the blue blocks. Where they're going to be doing those meetings that you talk about, and literally they tune into the Teams meeting, opens up, and as you said, right straight into the meeting, off it goes until like the end of the meeting, and then it's closed, and then they come out of that meeting. And my friend said, I do a bit of work until the next blue block comes up, and then join that blue block and do the work with with other people, and then come out. and And he said he just feels numb. And it, and it you know when you think about it we we've we have lost those human moments of of you know bonding and and trust building which come from just finding out each other, about each other and taking that that small pause to to build respect for each other trust in each other listen well to each other and those those you know build, building building that in in a team as uh, something that will see you through difficult times and reduces reduces stress reduces um, a lot of the uh, a lot of problems that we're we we think we're solving by trying to work every minute of the day or of the meeting and actually it's it's counterproductive. You talked about obviously your friend earlier, Nick. Thank you for sharing. I think we haven't really acknowledged that, but it sounds like a lot of the emotions that maybe you processed afterwards, either by yourself or maybe with other people that's influenced your decision making process into kind of I don't know the inputting of how this platform works is that something that you might agree with and I suppose not just with you and your co-founder but who else has been able to kind of develop that Fika kind of mindset yes um, it's definitely been um, it's definitely been you know the the Ben Ben's um, Ben's death has definitely influenced my, you know, the way I think about the world, um, and the, you know, the, the certainly the 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 approach that we've taken um, has really been to think how can we how can we just get 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 so far uphill that we're no longer talking about mental health because I think that you know to avoid that you know that stigma and that problem. Um, 
I think we one of the, one of the things that we have um, we we sort of latched onto quite early was this concept of of, of fitness, and um, Dr. Fran Longstaff, who's um, the, the the head of behavioural science at Fika, has had brought a certainly brought a huge amount of influence into how we think about it as well. And her uh, one of her early insights that she always used to share was we we have a we have a a sort of familiarity in in sports performance psychology that you know someone who's an elite athlete um, receives psychological training they they receive training to manage the stress of an event uh, you know a performance and they're taught to um, reframe stress and think about it as a as a positive as a force for you know performance they're, they're, they're taught to reframe and really think about stress as performance rather than thinking of it as a, as a negative result. Um, and Fran has always said that, that that type of training should be mainstream because, you know, going for, you know, going to work in a busy environment and a stressful environment is, is, a, is a, you know, every day it's akin to, you know, getting ready for a 400 meter run or, or a marathon. And, and yet um, that training isn't commonplace. You know, the type of, you know, reframing um, stress and understanding how to, to use stress to your advantage. You know, we, we have courses that help um, individuals to reframe um, stressful feelings and, and reframe the concept of stress uh, and think about it as a, as a, as a tool and, and be able to use that, you know, heightened sense of nervousness to to your advantage and, and recognize that it's a it's a natural process um so you know there's every in fact every every person um every person in the fika team has a connection to to fika and to our you know our mission to mainstream mental fitness everyone everyone who's joined we're, we're a very mission-driven business um you know we we care deeply about the the impact that um, you know our technology and our mental fitness science can bring to the, the, the people that we that we serve, and and everyone in the business has a has a personal story. Everyone everyone has a connection as to why they also want to get uphill with us and and prevent that that decline because you know whether they have an individual you know a personal story of something that's happened to them or they've had something that's happened to somebody close to them, they know the impact of that declining mental health when it goes unchecked and um it you know it, it it can it can be you know terrible for individuals or or for their lives and um, people around them so we're all we're all super passionate and everybody in the team contributes um their story and you know their their passion to the, to the mission we're on i can definitely testify my own personal experience when i was 18 my one of my closest friends chris he committed suicide and exactly like you described you know he was happy we were went out for lunch the day before he'd unfortunately written off a car um and he was petrified that he was going to get into trouble for it and we were all chatting about it and actually laughing about it going don't be silly your mum loves you and the fact you're okay is absolutely fine and it, it does it change I think it changes you as a person but it does always stay with you about why didn't he why didn't he reach out why didn't he tell us and I think anyone who has had that experience of of losing to someone to suicide and ha knowing that there were things that they felt that they could do 
um, I think is is absolutely devastating. But what you're doing is ultimately making a huge difference to people's lives by trying to use that experience to hopefully improve other people's experience of their own mental fitness. But also, I think hopefully we're doing work with the NHS will bring about huge change um, to not only the workforce, but ultimately to patients as well. What do you feel about people who are struggling with already anxiety, depression? Because I also recognise, and something that you said really picked up on, and I know um, I've heard it a little bit before because I know my husband's worked with you, and he says it in the fact that, you know, it is normal to have a fight and flight response to things. And, you know, it is normal to feel anxious, and it's just the way we utilise that. But I'm just thinking that is very different sometimes to diagnosed anxiety, diagnosed depression. And I think sometimes there's a blurring and even some of the terminologies that I hear people say, I'm anxious, I've got anxiety, I'm feeling depressed, but it they're using it slightly out of context because it isn't a diagnosed depression. It They're feeling sad and unhappy. Do, do you kind of cover that as part of part of the platform so um well first of all thank, thanks again thanks also for sharing your your story joe and sorry to you know to, to hear that you know the, the loss that you had when you were younger um and and you know it's clearly it's clearly as you said it's had you know it's had an impact that you you know you still re- reflect on um i think that you know to, to answer that question around the the sort of the the clinical um cases of mental illness we we're definitely that's not something that we um um cater for on our platform when we're not we're not we're not we don't provide counseling um we're, we're not um, we're not a service for um you know clinical um conditions um what we we but we you know with, within our platform we have um signposting and escalation which can be connected to the services that um, um uh, a partner does have for those for those particular conditions but, but i mean you, you also you you talk about something that is is has been something that we have come across a lot which um is is this this concept of you know attaching and and the press, to be to be honest, has has helped to fuel this. But to attach yourself to a a concept of a of a diagnosed illness when actually you don't you you're not clinically anxious, you're not clinically depressed, but because of this proliferation of 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 using these words and claiming that I am someone who has this, I think people are, are have attached their a real stigma to words like depression and and uh, you know and stress and anxiety yeah and, and you know as we were sort of talking about talking about before i think we we've we've had a poor education in the area of of stress and anxiety and our you know responses to our limbic nervous system it would be helpful i mean we do that we we have these um we we have a lot of this in our in our platform but we recognize that that we we've 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 missed some of that basic education with a, with a lot of our staff members with a lot of the the people who work in, in any business in the UK and that we don't we don't recognize i mean the, the here's a here's a good example there's the, the there's there's two sides to stress there's two definitions of stress there's, there's there's negative stress and there's positive stress 
Uh, and positive stress is, is, is defined as U-stress, so E-U-stress, which I think if you were to walk the, the streets of most cities in Britain and said E-U-stress, it would be like, is that something to do with Brexit? E-U-stress. But it actually, you know, it's the, it, it means positive stress. And positive stress is great for you. You know, stress in small amounts is really good for you because it is how, how you perform well. You know, no, no one has ever won a gold medal without stress. No one has ever achieved their promotion in a difficult role without stress. You actually need stress. And yet, for some reason, it's become a monstrous word, something we're all frightened of. And we don't, we don't reframe it well. We don't educate people around that recognizing stress, recognizing that it's healthy to have a certain amount of it and that we should learn to work with it and know, recognize those feelings, but then also recognize when it's becoming, you know, when it, when it becoming excessive and chronic. Um, and in a similar way, anxiety could be repackaged as well. We could think about anxiety as, you know, anxiety again is another word that's become a monster of a word. But if you, if you sort of unpack anxious being anxious is about preparation it's about the fear of what's happening next so it's kind of planning and actually if we were to reframe stress into performance and start to think about that as a as a you know making the most of our limbic system and how it reacts as a performance mechanic and think about anxiety as reframing that as well this is me planning is me thinking about things which is okay i need to plan ahead and learn how to manage both of those tools really well then it would completely change how we react to things and how we think about things. But we, we, we don't have that basic education. We seem to have just like skipped it and got on with hard skills and then all rushed into our jobs, all got very busy. And suddenly this area of so-called soft skills or people skills is just absent. And because of that, we, we have a huge, a huge problem on our hands. It's a great comparison with the physical fitness side of things, obviously, the benefits of physical fitness it's always there it talks about how you know if you were able to do some form of exercise even if it's chair-based it will stop you getting heart problems reduce your risk of diabetes etc but the mental fitness side exactly as you've kind of very eloquently put it is it's just never really been acknowledged um and for someone who loves physical fitness side of things i think recently i realized it's not always enough um you need to have some mental fitness i mean exactly as you said with sports people even if someone's signing up to do couch to 5k or they're doing their first ultra marathon you still have to go to that deep and dark it's dark outside five in the morning it's raining you're wondering why have i signed up for this why am i putting myself through this but then you realize once you get through it and it comes to race day great it's because of that now this is easy because actually it's sunny today you know everyone's cheering me on it's great actually when i was there alone to do it but that's the same in work you can have a champion chip champion mentality or whatever um when i was younger i played for um sorry for cricket and we had a sports psychologist and i think i was 16 as a 16 year old you don't care about that <laughs> someone telling you to lie down the floor close your eyes visualize success all i was thinking about was well oh, i could just fall asleep here you don't acknowledge that but that's also the coaches around you never had that when they were growing up so again it's that role modeling from such an early age and we are getting better at talking about it we're getting better at treating things so i've recently opened up about starting antidepressants again it does help but it takes the edge off but exactly as you said it's now figuring out through therapy that actually when i overthink the simplest thing is because i want to make sure i'm prepared on every single detail but actually that's a strength when it comes to patient care for me because every single thing i i know and find out about a patient i know i know every single signposting method what i can do to help them anticipate a problem 
that sort of thing or then even when i'm out on my bike i'm better as a pedestrian because i know well that car's not going to stop so i won't cross the road right now because you can see that anxiety loop ahead of time so yeah it just it was a great parallel that you drew there it, it, you know it's really interesting actually you you you, you reminded me of a, a thing that we we talk about a lot at, at fika and is, is in some against in some of our training is that it's just recognizing strengths and and weaknesses and and often finding that strengths and weaknesses are two parts or or either side of 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 the same thing so the you know being being very feeling very anxious i mean i, I have high levels of anxiety um and and running a start startup it's, it's difficult and and it, it makes me very anxious and i overthink things and um you know I've read the book that said that's called Only the Paranoid Survive, which is, you know, a must read for all startup founders. But, uh, you know, but on the other side, that level of anxiety is also really helpful in in scenario planning and, and, you know, planning ahead for running a, you know, running a startup in a difficult, you know, um, financial climate. So on one side, my anxiety feels like a weakness, but on the other side, it makes me good at planning and helps me to sort of think of lots of multiple scenarios and be able to manage that. And I think if, you know, I would, I would challenge all your listeners to think of a, a weakness that they have and, and try to reframe it and see what, where, where there is a strength in that, in that weakness. And I think, you, you know, if you, if you spend a bit of time looking at it and turning it over, you'll probably find that where there is a weakness, you'll find that it also gives you, gives you, gives you a strength as well. And, and sometimes, the, you know, with, without having a, a, the reframing um, sort of brought to you and and to think about you can you just get carried away focusing on a you know a a downward spiral on oh i'm so anxious and you know i could easily have gone into and could you know prior to thinking about mental fitness and understanding all the training that you know we've had running this business that it's very easy to get into a loop and think that that my anxiety is because of this and though i'm anxious because of that and and you, you don't pause reframe it and remember that that is part of why you're good at over here and that really helps to to stop those you know some of those sort of negative loops and spirals that you can you can easily get into nick we could probably talk for hours and hours about this because it's you know mental fitness mental health is something that um Numan and i are really passionate about but we have come to the end but for all of our guests that come on rad chat we always end in top tips now actually throughout the podcast you've given us some great examples of some top tips but i'm just thinking you know for maybe people who are thinking actually i am a manager um i don't necessarily have those skills i'm within the nhs this all sounds brilliant what advice would you give them because as I'm sure you're aware, if they just came to you and go, yeah, we'd love to have Fika um, and I'd love to take part on this platform, you know, what is it that they can do? What can they access? How would they go about kind of investigating um, and linking potentially with you and your company? Um, so I guess um, the, the, there's, there's definitely... There's definitely practical things that you can do as a manager, even without our platform. And I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give everybody listening something very simple to do. The next meeting you have as a manager, role model gratitude. So before, as the meeting's about to start, pause the meeting, pick someone in that in in that meeting, and thank them for something in front of everyone else. And 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 make that make that expression of gratitude clear. Then that you've done that, and and potentially ask 
who would like to then share some gratitude for somebody else? And just, just do that for the first five minutes and then ask everybody how did that make everybody feel? That's just a really, it's a really simple thing to do. Um, and it can be, it can be some, it'll be something that people then take on to other meetings and it, and it becomes something that, that, that they spread. So that, that sort of gratitude wave is something that anybody can do. So that's a tip for your next meeting, try it out and, and, and see how that, see how people respond. Uh, in terms of um, anybody listening who's who's interested in you know bringing the the Fika training platform to their department, um, to their teams that they work with, um, reach out to reach out to Fika. We we do offer free trials for the NHS. We're 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 happy um, to deliver um, our platform for teams to try for free um, because we we care uh, and we want to help um, and so. You know, reach out, um, come and come and look us up on fika.community, which is our website, and uh, and um, send us, drop us an email at hello at fika.community. I'm sure you can probably share some details, um, Joe, afterwards. And uh, you know, we'd we'd love to hear from um, NHS teams and departments who are keen to bring mental fitness to their people. We'd love to help. Brilliant. Thank thank you so much, Nick. Um, yeah. It's very, very stimulating conversation. I think I really want to read more about mental fitness now. More as a challenge probably to myself. I'm sure Joe agrees. We're both quite competitive. So, <laughs> But yeah, thank you for everyone for listening to Rad Chat. Um, so your hosts today have been Naman Chilka Anderson and Joe McNamara. A huge thank you again to our guest Nick Bennett. Um, if you're utilising this podcast for CPD purposes, please consider the reflector questions posted along with the links to the resources um, and literature that we've discussed. To receive your accredited CPD certificate, please complete the Google form linked with the podcast. Um, so our next guest to feature will be Sarah Russell, who will be discussing living and exercising with an ileostomy. Um, so thank you very much for listening and take care.